Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. Okay, so the 10 minute topic today is um, acquisitions. So acquisitions is a huge part of the business and acquisitions really means what happens when you're doing this virtually when you're on the phone with the seller. But for us and for most people, it's when you're face to face with a seller. So it's extremely counterintuitive what goes on at this at this meeting and you you need a system for it because you know if you if you look online it's you know it's you're going to meet somebody who's going who has tons of equity and is going into foreclosure in two minutes so you're just they're just going to sell the house to you or the house is going to be in horrible shape and they're just going to be embarrassed and they want to sell it to you that happens sometimes but many times the reasoning behind why they're going to sell the property to you is not so clear and it could be something very strange we've seen situations where like their cousin is a realtor and they hate their cousin and they don't want to deal with them but if they don't use their cousin they're going to take crap from their family so they just want to sell it off market um we've seen situations where they had a horrible experience with a realtor where the buyer flaked out on them after months and they had to take less money or the buyer just kept jerking them around for a long time and had a terrible effect on them you got to understand nine out of ten sellers are going to sell i mean nationwide that's the usual number are going to sell for on the market with listing it on multiple listing service 10 percent are not and there's a lot of different reasons for that but you need a system to sort of get to the bottom of why they're selling why they're doing it and counterintuitively you need to really ask why aren't you why don't you want to sell it most people are afraid to ask that right they're afraid the guy's going to go oh i'm sorry they're going to ask, why don't you list it? Why don't you just list it for sale? And people are afraid because they think, oh, no, then I'm going to lose the deal. You got to ask those questions. Why don't you sell it? Why don't you keep it? Why don't you rent it? Those questions help you get to the bottom of what is going on here and whether this is a closable deal or not. So the absolute, in our opinion, the best sales training for these kind of things is John Martinez with MidwestRev.com. Um, we've gone to his boot camps and we think it's great and it's re- it's really counterintuitive the things he says are some of them are like Jedi mind tricks to find out what people really want for the house and to find out why they are selling you almost have to go negative on them you have to you have to pretend you have to it's really pretending but you have to act like you don't want to buy the house if you want them to sell you the house so part of acquisitions is knowing um, what you can pay for a house. So you need to know how to comp out a property. Um, for us, you got to comp out what the house is worth as is, if it's sellable, you know, if it's if it's financeable, what a completely renovated house will, is worth the ARV, the after repaired value, and then uh, and then what uh, what what other investors are paying. So we look at it really three ways, right? We look at what our investors paying in the area, right? And we'll look at short sales and REOs for that. We'll also look at ARVs, completely renovated houses, and then we'll go back and see what those uh, investors paid. And then we'll look at what 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 can we get this house if we really don't do much to it? What can we do? What can we get if we wholesale it? So you need a plan for that. Um, and for us, it's an exit strategy. So we're we're I'm going to make an offer this today on a house I saw yesterday. And um, the way I see it, at the number we're buying it at, we have three options. I think we can wholesale it for about twenty to thirty thousand dollars, which is good. Um, if we kept it and wholesaled it, I think. Uh, we could still make some money and if we did a more severe rehab we can make uh probably more money but it'll take longer so those are the best houses in my opinion uh where you have options you have options 
try to wholesale it. You don't wholesale it, try to hotel it. If you can't, for some reason, you can't get your hotel price, do more work to it and sell it. Obviously, that is your third option, and in our opinion. Some people will just go straight for the rehab, and that's fine. So we that's what we did for four years. So houses that you buy with enough room on them for options to do either wholesale, hotel, or rehab are the best. But you need a plan when you go in there. And it all depends on the price that they're looking for and and um, the other con the condition of the property and things like that. So my partner and I are going on all the uh, appointments now. I'm pretty convinced that neither of us should be and we should hire an acquisitions manager. And I want to do that uh, soon because I think um, someone who's really good at it and who gets trained at it well would be better at it than us. Um, not doing it, but I want to do that in the future. Um, people have asked about how much you pay an acquisition manager. Most people get between 10 and 15% of the net on the deal. And usually, there's usually a sliding scale where they'll get more as they do more deals. Um, it might be based on a percentage of conversions, but somewhere between 10 and 15% is usually the acquisitions manager. One thing that we uh, are trying to get better at is to make an offer on every single deal we go to. And I'm not great at that now because I, I should have made offers. I should have made a bunch of offers yesterday. I'm going to make a bunch of offers today. Um, but every deal you go on to should get a, an, an offer in writing, um, either an email or if they don't have email, uh, snail mail. But something that they can hold on to that can come back to you. It's worked for us. It's happened. We've had deals where we made an offer and six months later someone's come back and said, I'll take it. Um, and at that point, you can easily say, my offer's not good anymore. Let me look at it. And you, sometimes you get a price reduction. You can Obviously, if they come back to you after months and months, um, they're pretty motivated. So um, the old adage, and it's 100% true in this business, is that you make your money when you buy. That is 100% true. Not when you sell. You realize the money when you sell, but you make the money when you buy. So if you buy something cheap enough, even if you screw it up, you could still do okay. And if you buy for too high, and we see people buying for too high all the time, um, no matter what, they, and sometimes they still make money, but it's very easy to lose money if you pay too much. So you got to make money when you buy by buying right, and you got to convince people to sell to you. So back to John Martinez's tactics. So there's a whole system in place for what goes on there at the at that meeting, and I think it's very important that people should follow a system. Um, it's very easy when you look online. And people say, build rapport, build rapport, give them a crappy number, that kind of thing. It's not just rapport, right? You have to get to the bottom of why they're even calling you and if they're serious or not, if this is something that they really want to do. So you, you have to talk to them about it. And sometimes you got to dig. John Martinez wants you to dig deep, right? When they give you a reason, you want to ask them, is that a big deal or a little deal? Is that important to you? Explain. Hmm. Talk. Dig. Dig to the point where it's uncomfortable. Um, and he wants you to take them on a journey from uncomfortable to where you're solving the problem and back and forth. And it's not easy. And I'm not great at it. Um, it's it, I'm not great at getting uncomfortable with, with sellers. And it's something I need to work on and that I am working on. Um, but um, it's important for you to make that connection with the seller on the level of what problem you can solve. We are problem solvers, right? So again, the easy problems are obvious, right? If someone's house is, if it's a hoarder house and you have to walk through a floor to ceiling path of crap, and we've done that, um, it's an obvious situation where this guy is not going to allow people to come through here because he doesn't want to be embarrassed. Even if it's not his house, by the way, we've seen that on, on, on inherited houses. They were embarrassed that their parents lived like that. 
and it happens all the time. That's easy, right? You know exactly what's going on here. You don't need to get into this. I mean, you should. You should twist that pain point. You know, you don't, I would say to them, you don't want people coming through here. It's going to be a disaster. But you have to push the how you're solving their problem button, right? And keep explaining to them that you solving their problem is more important than a few dollars that they might, a few dollars more that they might have expected. Right? It's it, inevitably it's always about price on the surface level, right? Someone thinks their house is worth four hundred thousand. You know you can't pay it, um, but you can pay three fifty for it. And the question is, is there enough pain there for them to say, I'll take a fifty thousand uh, dollar price decrease to get rid of this issue, right? And we always push the current costs, right? How much are the taxes? How much is it costing you to keep this place? Um, you know, is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? What's going on with that? So you want to talk to them about, you know, if it if they want to hold out for a price and it takes them four months longer to get that price, is it worth it? You know, if they're paying a lot of taxes, a lot in upkeep, uh, insurance, and all the other expenses on the house, it may not be worth it. And you have to sort of explain to them how you are a problem solver. You might be able to solve this problem for them um, by closing quickly and by taking it without any problem, without any, without any issues as a, as opposed to a retail buyer who's going to close at their own time, time frame, um, and may change the price, right? We, we went, we used to explain to people straight up that the advantage and disadvantages to selling to an investor, right? The advantages to selling to an investor is that you're going to, we're going to close whenever you want. That can be in two weeks or in two years. Um, our price is the price is not going to change. We're not going to bring a million people in here and we're not going to come back later for an, after an inspection or an appraisal and say, hey, or a title report and say, hey, you need to lower the price. We're not going to do that. Um, the disadvantage is you're going to make less money. So we that used to be part of our pitch, but I think now we sort of get to the meat of the mat, no, the meat of the matter, which is what's the issue that you're dealing with and let me see if I can solve that problem. Let me see if we can be a good solution to your problem. And I think that's a better approach. You know, what's your issue here? Why are you calling me? Right? Why aren't you calling, uh, you know, a regular uh, a re realty company? Why don't you just keep it and rent it? When you get, when you ask those people that, you find out what the real issue is. And when you get to the real issue, you can uh, have a better chance of uh, converting that lead into a sale. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.